Hey everybody, you're listening to the On The Bright Side podcast, the show that covers all things you need to know when it comes to business to business lead and demand generation. Our guests are here to help you grow your business. My name's Robbie McGregor and I'm super excited to share with you today's conversation. Let's dive right in. Hi guys, um, welcome to the podcast today. I'm super excited about this one. We've got, uh, um, I would say, a bit of a legend coming on here. Um, Somebody who's hit some amazing milestones in her career. Um, I think uh, rather than uh, trying to explain everything, I'll just get her straight on. We've got Juliet Bentley. Um, Hi Juliet. Hi Robbie, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm really good, thank you. Yes, uh, voice is a bit... uh, but. that's all right, yeah, I'm really isn't good. it? It's, it's, a great, it's a great pleasure to be here. Good. Well, good to see you. Good to see you. Um, where do we start? You've, you've, you've had uh, a super incre- impressive career so far, um, and you're, you're starting something new and exciting as well. Um, maybe you could just introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you've already done and already achieved, which is uh, all incredible stuff. But uh, yeah, tell us. Tell us all about yourself. So, uh, there's nothing uh, amazing to tell other than I think lots of people have probably done many things much better than I have in the industry I've been in, humbly. But uh, I am quite proud of what I have achieved, especially as a woman. And um, so basically, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 57 years old. I have two children. They're both grown up now, uh, boys and a, a two-year-old granddaughter. Um, I had a, a, an amazing journey in a previous company, Premium Medical Protection, which I started from, from, my, uh, from my home, uh, working out of the, the dining room converted to office <laughs> a long, long time ago. Well, probably about, I think it was 2009 I started um, originally. But uh, yeah, that was a, an incredible journey working with private practice surgeons and, and healthcare professionals, uh, underwriters um, from, from not only from the UK, but from all over the world, and especially in the US. Um, and that led on to um, a very successful sale to Berkshire Hathaway, um, Warren Buffett, who is a remarkable man, I must say. And, uh, and then, you know, I was put on gardening leave as, as all large organizations do once you, once you sell them a company for a considerable time. And I, I thought I'd be retired. Um, I, I uh, renovated a castle in Scotland during COVID, which was quite exciting. I learned how to, uh, all about plumbing and um, joinery and plastering and electricians and you name it. I mean, it was, it was not, it's not for the faint hearted, I must say, Robbie, I'd much rather run an insurance brokers. But it was really, <laughs> if I know you, Juliet, really, you would have thrown yourself into it, right? You would have gone all in on it, I'm I, sure. It was, like, it was like a military operation. We were literally sleeping <laughs> on mattresses on the floor because, of course, COVID, no one could leave. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was an interesting journey, and it took me over the three years uh, up until last year to finish it. So, so it's, been, it's, been, it's been exciting. It's been good. Uh, I decided, you know, I'm not ready to retire. There's still more. I want to work in the space that I've, I've, I know really well, which is the, the private healthcare market. Um, I love working with, with healthcare professionals. I find them really humble, really interesting, very, very intelligent people. Particularly in this industry, there is very little services for them to access. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unlike no other. You know, there's, if you look at similar professions, like maybe accountancy, you know, architects, 
professions where you know you have to do a considerable amount of learning um, there's a huge amount of regulation around the industry there just doesn't seem to be the services in the private healthcare professional side that they can access okay. and of course the market's changed since i sold um, interest rates have risen banks are, are now a lot more nervous about lending um, and i just thought what can i do what can i create in the uk in this market that's going to be helpful to their everyday business and so that's how cf2h evolved from basically sitting down with a blank piece of paper with rob my um, my previous managing director a good friend who who took part of the journey with me at, uh, at pmp and we came up with cf2h and luckily it seems that you know well, whether it's luck, whether it's the right time, whether it's what it's needed. I think it's a bit of everything, actually, Robbie. But, yep. um, yeah, it seems to be it seems to be well received so far. Well, it's incredible foresight. I mean, the, the one thing that um, I've noticed um, watching watching this early stages of, of uh, CF2H is um, actually you're you're innovating in a space that um, maybe hasn't had much innovation in a while by the from what you told me and from what I've witnessed, yeah. it's uh, is that has that been quite challenging? Um, I think I think the the confusion is this that once the healthcare professional understands what we do, which is really simple, and it's so simple it's a bit confusing. I think they think is that it? It's a no brainer, but it is really simple. So I mean, when I actually sold the company at PMP, there was probably only maybe about four or five medical billings companies. What they are, Robbie, is um, most surgeons like to do, prefer to do and utilize their time in patient-centric operations. Mm -hmm. And when I say operations, I don't mean physically cutting a patient. I mean, actually, you know, concentrating on, on the patient within the practice, improving the patient care, making sure that they get all the aftercare they need, um, diagnostics. And, you know, a doctor is designed, educated, skilled to do, to do doctoring. Is, is a simple a simple um, term. They're not really trained, skilled, and designed to run businesses. Um, they do run businesses, obviously, they run them very well, but there's a part of the business which is the, the invoicing part, the chasing of the cash, the cash flow. It's, it's something that they really don't prefer to do, and so they use what's called a medical, medical billings company in the UK. Medical billings, basically, they take the doctor's invoice, they, they process it, um, they chase it, and they sometimes sometimes they collect the money and they pay the doctor when they get the money. And others, okay. it's paid directly into the doctor's account. And whether that's a patient or whether that's a, a booper or acts a PP insurance company or whether that's a hospital, you know, the doctor could be invoicing these different scenarios at different times. And it's something that a medical billings company takes over for a percentage of the invoice or a fee. Okay. We go one step further than that. We actually take the invoice and pay the doctor immediately straight away. And we charge a percentage of the value of the invoice, but there's no recourse. A lot of people say, is that not like factoring in the 1980s? I guess, because no one else is doing it in the UK is probably the only thing you could probably relate it to. But herein lies the difference. In factoring, traditional factoring, they will take your invoice. And if for whatever reason, the debt's not paid or um, well, for, every, for whatever reason, the debt's not paid, let's just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. They will come back to you 
the doctor or whoever is the person who is factoring and ask and request and take off the next invoice the amount of money that they haven't been able to actually um, receive. So say, for mm -hmm. instance, invoice is £100. We'd only get £60. I'll come to you for the extra £40. Or invoice is £100. I don't get anything. I'll come to you for the £100. And that's how traditional factoring works. We don't do that. We absorb the debt. If we don't get paid, you still get paid. Okay. And that's where I think doctors think, how does that work? You know, that doesn't make any sense. And do you want me to explain how it works and why that is? Yeah, that'd be incredible. Because, I mean, you're making you're making inherently what's means by the sounds of it is very time consuming and can be quite challenging for a healthcare professional super easy they don't even need to worry about it right so it'd be, exactly. yeah, it'd be interesting so, to know how you make that happen my mindset Robbie is if I'm being paid to do a job I'm doing the whole of the job not yep. just part of the job if someone's paying me if someone's exchanging their money for a service and we had the same philosophy when we had our insurance brokers when we sold medical indemnity insurance, then we're doing all of the job, not just part of the job. We're not cherry picking the job. So if you give me your invoice, I'm paying it all straight away. The reason for that is because in, in the environment and the business of, um, of medical health, health, healthcare professions, yes, there is always debt in any business, but it's very minimal in this industry, very minimal. So when we, we charge 6%, that's our flat fee. But when we actually track and we look at the potential losses, we build those losses into our fee. So we're not actually making really 6% profit. You know, we're, we're making much less, but we're building in the losses into our fee. So we're doing something quite clever. Um, and it's taken a long time to actually get to that significant number to know that obviously every business, Robbie, has to be profitable. We have to be profitable as so we couldn't offer a service. So... It's taken quite a significant amount of time and a lot of um, actuaries doing a lot of calculations and looking at the industry, which luckily, having had 15 years experience working very closely to these healthcare professionals at the coalface in the weeds, I have the knowledge. Yeah. And we finally decided this is what it should be. It should be an all encompassing service. We take the invoice and not just that, Robbie, we're actually invested in a huge software to make it so simple the doctor just goes on the portal which is a portal designed for him types his invoice puts the information in or it could be himself it could be his secretary it could be his practice manager puts the information in ping it goes the money goes straight back into his account and he will get a text message when that money goes in and it's actually that simple Amazing. Um, it's not that simple behind the scenes, I can honestly tell you. We have invested a huge amount of money and time into making this slick, to making this de-risk, effortless, safe. I mean, we use the most, uh, the world's, one of the, well, actually one of the world's most secure payment systems, which is FIRE. Okay. And uh, it's used by banks all around the world. Um, Obviously, Robbie, with anything that's so secure comes a heavy burden of cost. Mm -hmm. um, with anything so slick and easy comes a heavy burden of cost. But, you know, we've been investing and researching and developing this for quite a long time before we actually decided to set this up. Um, I mean, people say a, to me, sorry. 
that's that's something that's um i think will be really interesting to understand more particularly for the guys and girls listening right now is <clears throat> you i mean the the trick with all of this is making it sound simple and making it easy for the customer at the end of the day but 100%. the hard work and the innovation and the foresight that you and rob have had together um with your experiences how to bring all that together and you know get all of this the tech all lined up and getting all of the the theory lined up and proven before you go to market i mean there must be are there some milestones along the way that you've hit that you've gone yeah that's this is great we're on to something now is there like, how, how do you get that going because it's it's quite a feat to get to even this stage right it's um it's a massive challenge how, how did you get that going i think uh, the big light bulb moment for me was when I was recently invited to a uh, a private doctor's membership club. I mean, lots of doctors' groups have different associations and gatherings, and I was privileged to be invited to, to quite a, 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 a lovely event. And I actually met some of the, uh, the doctors I'd worked with before when I had premium medical protection. I hadn't seen them for probably eight years, I would imagine, mm-hmm. maybe slightly slightly longer and uh, of course you, you know the usual comments we didn't think you would retire you know you knew you'd come back nice to see you back which was really obviously it's always great to see you know friendly faces and people that you've worked with and have actually been instrumental in the pioneering of your business which they were you know um, I have a lot of people to be grateful for um, and uh, when I explained this the new concept of, of what we were actually doing because you always think when you're the first to market any new idea, I mean, this is done widely in America, Robbie, this is not new in America, but it's mm-hmm. not done in the UK. And when you're the first to come in and I had this, I had this problem when I first with myself, you know, the, the doubt yeah. when I first started pre-medical protection, cause I was up against the big boys. And, uh, but when, when you hear, when you get feedback, like, well, that's, What's the catch? That's brilliant. I mean, yes, you know, come and see me. Where do I sign? That's great. You know, you know, I bet the uh, I bet the billings company is not very happy, but <laughs> we obviously <laughs> we want to work with the billings companies. We're not we're not here to compete because obviously we're different. We don't do the same thing. You know, they chase the invoice. We just pay immediately. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of. I think I then started going around the rooms asking as many you know many people as I could sort of without being rude, you know, what do you think of this idea? And the feedback was incredible. Um, so that was a big confidence builder. And uh, I'm just really excited to be back in this space. You know, as, as I said to you earlier, I, I really, really love working with healthcare professionals. They're the most humble, educated, fascinating people. Um, you know, they and, and they're brilliant at what they do, you know. Um, and it is such a shame that there aren't as many services for them to access as there are, you know, in, in, in other specialties. So, yeah, I am really excited about this business. I think it's, um, I mean, your passion news is through. I think the, um, the, it feels like the stars are aligned a little bit as well with your experience, Rob's experience and all the research you've done and where you are now. So it's, you know, we're, we're cheering you on. I think it's exciting. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing um, that uh, you and your team have mentioned a couple of times um, is around this patient-centric activities, right? What you guys are enabling is for the healthcare professionals to do what they're good at and focus on patient-centric 
stuff mm. which isn't actually if you think about it what you guys are doing is you're focusing on customer centric stuff and it's kind of like you've got this um you're giving them customer focused as in them being the customer you're giving them a big solution and making it easy for them which in turn makes it easier for the patient and the patient service etc it's, exactly. it's it's almost yeah. like your your mentality around making things simple for your clients is kind of it's an it's an enabling thing through the industry right and um and that that's great to see i think um uh, from i know you're all about the customer and all about service so what would you what would you say in terms of kind of key principles for people out there in terms of looking after their customers and you know delivering results and um doing what you said you'd do because i know you're you're hot on that and you you, you know you use integrity around all of that as well so kind of could, could you just give us a bit of commentary around that because i know it's it's in your mind all, at all times um around of being course, focused on the customer of course so for me i i learned a lot with premium medical protection my first business and the one thing i learned was don't just give customer service or lip service you need to over service so eight, for example 86 percent of our new business used to come from existing surgeons recommending their friends and colleagues which you know when you're selling an insurance product that's phenomenal and that proved that we did something really right and i think what we did really right is we listened we acted and we produced and we did you know mm -hmm. we you know it drives me mental if i pick the phone up to access something and they put me through to somebody and I have to repeat myself again and again. I mean, that is not customer service. And this is a customer service number you're ringing. I'm like, how is that customer service? That will never happen in my company ever. You know, it's just yeah. you know, do what's on the tin. You know, if you're in the service industry, you need to really service and be over service. And I think for, for me, I'm at the top. That goes all the way through. You know, I'm in mm -hmm. the weeds. Um, it's something that. I personally don't like bad service anywhere in, in any walk of life. I don't like rudeness. I think if you're in customer service, you need to make that person feel something. You know, it's about feeling valued, feeling helped, feeling safe, feeling, I don't need to worry about this because they've got that over there. When your customer doesn't need to think about it anymore, you know, you've done a really brilliant job, yep. you know? Um, I mean, we were out calling our customers because we never hardly heard from them because we were doing such a good job. <laughs> but, if, you know, it's feedback and uh, you can always change. Don't think you've got it. You know, lots of people design businesses and design one part of it being the customer service element, how they think the customer needs to be serviced. But you can always improve constantly. You know, you know the world has evolved massively since the pandemic. I mean, hugely. Mm. I mean, we're having this podcast now. We'd have been doing it face-to-face -face once. And so I think you have to listen with, you have to speak to your customers, you have to listen to what they actually want. You can't give somebody, you can't give everybody everything, Robbie. You know, that's just not reality. But, but there is a generic message goes through a strand of your business, through the core. And you need to listen to that and you need to implement that and you need to make sure that at all times that you don't get slack and lapsadaisical and assume that it's just okay because just okay isn't good enough it certainly isn't for me um and it certainly wouldn't be for any of my any of my doctors or healthcare professionals not the ones i've worked with they want it now and they want it right you know and that is exactly how 
that's my philosophy. That's how I run this business. That's how I run the last one. I, I just don't know how to operate in any other way, you know? And I think if, if we don't know what we're doing, we, we would say, I, I don't understand, explain, I'll find out, you know, don't just, you know, don't just palm people off with an excuse. And, don't, and also don't be afraid to say you don't know because nobody knows everything, Robbie, in life. Don't be, you know, have the confidence to say, you know, it's a human being you're speaking with, you know, have the confidence to say, I really don't know, but I'm going to find out and I'm going to come straight back to you. I think there's no magic potion. It's, it's common sense and it's, it's actually owning it, owning it yourself. That's really refreshing to hear. I mean, as, as, a, as a business leader, um, how do you, obviously having grown a business and, and growing a business now as well, how do you instill that culture amongst your people and amongst your organization? Because it's, of course, it starts at the top and you set the tone for the business, etc. But how do, you, how do you encourage that to happen within the culture? So, you know, when you, you know, when you, when, when Juliet's busy or she's, she's out with a client or she's, she's busy doing what she does in terms of strategic stuff on the business, how do you make sure your people are delivering that same uh, expectation that, that you've got in terms of service level? I think that what we've been very good at, Rob and I, is selecting the right team. I am present and involved in every interview, whether it's the, the lady that's cleaning the toilets or whether it's, you know, one of our executive board members. Um, and I always, I'm very transparent. Anyone who's worked with me knows that I shoot from the hip, say it like it is. Um, and I always explain that this is not a job. When you come to work for us, it's a lifestyle. Um, it's, if you want a career and you want to work with a company that values like a, values you like a family, but expects a lot and expects transparency, honesty, hard work, flexibility, then, you know, that's for your home. But if, if, if you're not, if you want to start at nine and finish at five and, you know, read a handbook and clock on and clock off and it, we're just not for you, you know? So I think from the very, from the very moment that we actually start recruiting, um, it's we go through quite a stringent process and you know it's not really fair on if you take somebody on board and you don't really fully explain the culture before they actually start and then they're in this abyss with everybody else who's all like fired up and energized and then you, they're thinking i'm drowning this is just not me i'm not like that kind of person so i think um i think that's really important is because your team once you know once things start really motoring you haven't got time to uh, to make bad decisions and you haven't got time to reflect and think, you know, one bad, one bad apple can be a massive effect on a team, especially a team like ours, because we're very much a process. Mm -hmm. So um, although we are very much a process that's online, as in, you know, it's the whole process end to end is a digital process. I don't know if the, word, the right word, the right word is digital, but it's a software process. That is very closely monitored and managed by human beings. Mm -hmm. Although there isn't a human in the process, there's a human, a human, we call it four eyes because it, we can't afford it to go wrong. Uh, and we have lots of, of processes in place, checking processes throughout every process of the life cycle of the money going, the invoice going from the surgeon or doctor or healthcare professional to our hub 
and the money going back. So that's that's okay. quite an intricate process that's that's closely monitored and closely de-risked. Um, but you know, we are always constantly wanting to look at innovative ways of obviously recruiting more clients. Um, we want to grow as big as we can. When you grow, you have to be able to manage the growth. And I've obviously mm -hmm. experienced that firsthand. You know, it took a company to a really high place in a, sh a very short space of time. Um, and it is no easy task uh, not to be able to compromise the quality of service. It just, you know, so you can't just dive in with both feet. It has to be a constructive growth pattern that actually mm -hmm. doesn't affect the core business. And, and also you've got to think about, it's not just the clients, it's the staff. Staff have got to be happy. You can't be running around like a headless chicken making, you know, lots of doctors and healthcare professionals happy. And then at home in the office and home workers, they're all miserable because they're rushed off their feet and they don't know what's going on. The process is all over the place. So it, there's a lot to think about. But um, I, for me, and this is from doing it once before, doing it the wrong way and then the right way. It's all about your team. And that's, yep. you know, you've got to select the right people and you've got to really look after them. I've seen it before where people employ people and they stand in front of, I don't know, a hundred people and tell them the story and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And they don't do any of it. And of course, people just feel like their heart, you know, people get disheartened. I mean, you're working in an environment with your peers, whether it be at home or even in an office now, for eight, eight hours a day, seven hours yep. a day. You need to love it. You need to want to be there. You know, you need yeah. to enjoy it. You need to feel like you're going somewhere. You need to feel like you're getting everything from it that, that you personally mentally want to get from it as well. You know, mental health is massively important in our business. So we've got a, we've just... got a phrase internally, Julia, that it's called the circle of safety, um, where basically the business is a big circle and everybody who works within the organization is within the circle of safety. And all of our clients Absolutely. are in that circle of, yeah. circle of safety as well. And it's all about making sure we've got each other covered and that everybody's happy. And if someone's having a bad day, can we help them out? What's going on? You know, and uh, um, <laughs> one of the guys in in the team, I, I won't um, embarrass, him with, embarrass him with who it was, but um, he came in one day and he said, oh, you guys are like my family. And you know what? To hear That's that. Nice. Well, you know, to hear mm -hmm. that is lovely, you know, um, it sounds cliche, yeah. but it was, you know, it's, it's lovely. No, to hear no, that no. I, I had the same comment from my previous company. My old team used to say, we're just like one big family, which we were just like one big family, you know, and as a mother, I feel as though the role of running as a CEO of running a business is no different. <laughs> it's getting the kids to school on time with their PE kit, you know, and then you get to the school you know, school gate and they say, oh, mom, I've forgot my trainers or mom, I've forgot my lunchbox or mom, I've, you know, it's, it's like, it really is literally like running a family. You know, you've, you've got different personalities trying to get them to do the same thing at the same time, but you have to kind of tell it in a different way. You know, you mm. have to kind of coax them in a different way because everybody receives and takes on information in different ways. So I find it's pretty much if I could resonate what it's similar to, I think it's like being a mum. Okay. Um, That's cool. Yeah. 
could we could do, can we touch on that in terms of being um, a woman in business and a, and a female leader in business? Um, are you happy to talk around that and your experience? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so well, I was, I was not just a mum. I, I, I was a single. I was a single mum. I was a single mum actually. Yeah, uh, I was a single mum for all of their lives. Um, uh, for whatever personal reasons, my relationship just didn't figure out. So. I brought Oliver up from being born literally on his own um, and uh, Simon from four. So mm -hmm. um, it's tough being a single mum, but again, it's like, you know, it's like running a military operation really when you've got kids and you've got schools and you've got friends and sports and, you know, all the extracurricular things that they need. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think women, where women have a, have a, I would say an advantage and it's obviously um, a genetic advantage is, and I, I know men probably won't agree with this, is we can actually multitask. <laughs> 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 you know, we can actually cook the tea whilst doing a deal on the phone. You know, we can actually you know, put the washing in whilst actually, you know, trying to organize uh, somebody's um, quarterly, you know, um, I don't know, trip to wherever or you know uh, an mm -hmm. exhibition or you know yeah I've done it all I mean I literally have done I've been I've literally had the kids on holiday and I've been you know sitting on the sunbed while they're in the pool literally going through my cash flow and operating budget you know with the CFO it's just all all mothers do it that's what that's what mums do you know now I mean women are, are taking quite a force in the workplace as I mean I've met lots of very um lots of very powerful women in business. Um, and yeah, it's, I think, uh, women are out there now. I don't think, I think the, the world's changed a lot since I started. Uh, yeah. when I first started, there was a, there was quite a bit of, um, female oppression I felt in the city, particularly in mm -hmm. London, but you know what, you just get over it, you know, just get over it, you, just, you know, do you have any tips and, and suggestions to um, aspiring uh, entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs there who will feel that oppression, will feel that, um, I don't know, I mean, I can never pretend to, to, to feel what a, a, a female would feel in this space, but not with you know, that what, beard. Would, what would you, no, not with this beard anyways, no, you're right. Um, so, um, but, 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 you know, if you, if you found a, 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 a Juliet in her, or it doesn't really matter what age, but about to go on her journey um, into start, starting a business, what would you, what would you say to that person? I would say, you need to be very brave and the time to work the hardest is when you don't want to do it anymore because it's not easy it really is not easy you've got to be very confident in what you do you've got to stay on track and stay focused don't start selling apples and then end up sending oranges you know you'll want to scattergun but don't stay really focused and you know, your social life will be out the window, you know, you will, it will, it will take over your entire life, especially if you have children, you, there'll be no room for anything but your children and the business, that will be it. That was my journey. Um, I would also say that people only treat you how you allow them to. So don't be afraid to stand up for how you expect to be spoken to, how you expect to be treated, because in my, in my opinion, and in my, um, 
in what I've learned, my experience, I think is more the word than opinion in my experience, that, yeah, people only show you how you allow it. So if, if you're being spoken to in a way that you're a manner that you don't particularly like, or, you know, someone's giving a comment, which does happen, obviously, that you don't particularly like, just say, you know, don't, I don't want you to speak to me like that. Um, I've had to put the foot down quite a few times in my journey. I think now people know that, um, I don't put, I don't suffer fools gladly anymore. Uh, that uh, goes without saying. But um, you can do it. You know, you, you, I think women have a lot more opportunities than men, actually. Um, I think women, particularly in a man's world, definitely could shine more because it's different, you know. And uh, I, I think once you've actually proved in the arena that you when I say prove once you're actually in a business situation with something that they want to work with I think men forget that you're a woman anyway they just once once they know that you've got it you've got something they want and it's going to work and it's good for them it's good for their clients particularly with collaborations I think they just forget you're a woman and they just accept you as a business human being you know so I think I would never really, and probably because I've got two brothers as well, I never really felt, I've ever felt, uh, oh, I'm disadvantaged. And I just thought, hell, I'm in here. You know, I've got as good as, as good a chance as you. And uh, and I'm not coming out without the deal. I'm doing this, you know, I, I want this. I'm in it to win it, you know, and that's, that's I didn't think I even gave it a second thought. Love that. Yeah, so... Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's, um, I'm sure you're, uh, you'll have inspired a few people with that there. So um, no, thanks for sharing that. Okay. So looking ahead then, um, what, what do you see as uh, trends and changes in, in the healthcare sector and um, uh, CFTH and, and the way that you guys are preparing for them? I mean, it's, it's a lot of change yeah, happening, I think... right? I think there's going to be a big change. I think that it's going to get more patient-centric. Um, there's a huge, you probably read about in the papers lately, there's a huge big backlog of the NHS on their knees trying to cope with the amount of um, amount of operations that they couldn't obviously do through COVID. That's going to take years. So there's a lot more self-pay now going into private hospitals. Um, and I think, you know, generally human beings are realising that their health is really important particularly going into the retirement ages and are investing in their health and, and by, by paying for operations, particularly hip replacements, we're seeing a lot of that now. Mm -hmm. So the market's changed. And I think really this is a great opportunity for anybody else out there thinking of, of giving, of providing services around this healthcare sector. I would encourage it. Um, I hope we get some competition. Competition's great because it widens the market. Never afraid of that. Um, and I think uh, it's a very exciting space, Robbie, actually. Um, I know that we'll do really well in it um, without mm -hmm. a shadow of a doubt. But I think I want to do more. Once this is really, you know, I, I, once I feel I can kind of let go a bit, uh, mm -hmm. then I think I'll be looking at uh, expanding into other services in the healthcare industry because it's a great space to be and they're fantastic people to work with. You know, I really do enjoy this space. So... Yeah, I think it's, I think I would encourage other businesses to definitely look in this space. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Well, thank you. Um, 
Is there anything else you'd like to, to add to today's conversation, Juliet? I mean, you've been very forthcoming with loads of information and sharing your stories. Um, I think I'd yeah, just really like... like to say I've never been I've never had an opportunity to do this actually publicly before and I really want to I'd like to say thank you actually to all of my uh, previous clients and customers at my old, my old company um, that were on the journey with me because I never got to say it and I really want to thank them because without them I wouldn't obviously be living the lifestyle I live now I wouldn't be back in the game now doing this I wouldn't have had this fantastic journey that I had the last 15 years and uh, I just want to say thanks and guys I'm back and my door is always open as it always has been you know I'm here if you need any help just let me know um, I just want to chat you know it's always nice to see old faces but I think I wanted to really say I'd like to say thank you publicly because I'm, I'm just never you just don't get a platform to be able to say that you know absolutely well, wow, so, brilliant. Yeah. What a fantastic way to, to end a podcast. That's excellent. Um, so, Juliet, where, where else can, can everybody find you? Um, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you? We can find you on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I've been there 100 years. <laughs> okay. Um, so, probably yeah, is that the LinkedIn. best place for somebody to, to find you and reach out? Yeah, just just hook me up on LinkedIn or you can email me at CF2H. Um, yeah, obviously my door's always been open anyone who's worked with me knows that in fact while you were actually while we we're doing this podcast i've just had a surgeon come up on my phone that i need to call back after this oh brilliant the colleague, okay. so yeah Excellent. um but yes well, just contact me on linkedin always happy excellent. to you know to connect brilliant well, thank you, Juliet. Um, guys, I hope you found that uh, as interesting as I did. I'm sure we'll get Juliet back on um, onto the podcast soon and we'll have a little update on how things are going um, and um, and uh, get more and more tips. Uh, Juliet could, I'm sure, could write a book, actually, on uh, on all of her <laughs> tips and, and that, her stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but thank you for your time, Juliet. Um, Thanks, and, Robbie. Uh, Guys, um, do go and connect with Juliet on, on LinkedIn and uh, look out for CF2H's journey. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Robbie. It's a pleasure. Hey, guys. Really hope you found today's On the Bright Side podcast interesting and full of business-to-business -business sales and marketing advice. If you like what you hear, please head over to our LinkedIn page for more free content. And, of course, feel free to connect with me, Robbie McGregor, or any of my My Bright Side team for the latest news, advice, or even a quick friendly chat. Until next time, stay on the bright side.